and welcome back to the Westies podcast. This is your girl Lena and Frakan. Hey, what's up? And today we're back here to talk about um, literally the multi-part of multicultural identities and um, I guess our test subject. Do I call you a test subject? I think so. Yeah, test subject. You- test subject is fine with me. I'm, I'm not offended <laughs> by that. We use the word guest, but test subject works as well, you know? I think other people can be afforded guest. I think you are a test subject. Anyways, um, so we're going to be delving into, I guess, what makes Furkan Furkan, and specifically, I think, looking at an experience that is perhaps shared by quite a lot of um, people from Western Sydney who come from migrant backgrounds or even third, second generation, um, you know, immigrants um, who live in Western Sydney. So, Khan, do you want to introduce a bit about yourself? I mean, we know that people know the basics, but uh, why are you the test subject for today? So, in terms of my background, my mum is from Thailand, my dad is from Bangladesh. For those people who don't know where Bangladesh is, it's a little country next to India. It's very small, but super heavily populated. And um, religiously, I am Muslim and I was born and raised here. So if you want to look at it from a whole picture, I am half Thai, half Bengali, I guess, ethnically. And um, in terms of culturally, I'm Australian and religiously, I'm Muslim. So that's my little mishmash that I've got going for me. And I think I've had some pretty unique experiences, but also some experiences that can be quite relatable for other halfies out there or, you know, whatever, if you're a quarter something else, you know, all of my mixed kids out there. Um, I think there's some things that we can relate on quite well as well, especially growing up in Western Sydney, where, as Lena said, there's just so many things going on here in terms of culture and, and identity. Yeah, and so I guess, so you said that you are ethnic, Ethnically, yes, ethnically. I was going to say ethically, wrong one. So ethnically, you are half Thai, you're half Bengali. Religiously, um, you are of a Muslim faith, um, sorry, an Islamic faith. And um, another part of your culture is also the Australian culture that you have grown up with. And I think specifically Western Sydney has a very specific culture to begin with. Now, I think... Going on from that, you know, what was it like for you to literally be the embodiment of a melting pot of different cultures, you know, like, and has that led to any sort of special treatment? Um, and when I say special, special can be a good special and a bad special. So, Like, I don't, like, okay, being, being me is, is very unique. Like, a lot of people, as in they may be halfies um, and they may be like me, but as in, I feel like every halfy experience is unique because whatever blend of halfy you are is, is unique to you. And with that, I wouldn't say there's any special treatment. If anything, you kind of feel like there is no treatment for you, if that kind of makes sense. It's like, all right, so you might, if you're one particular culture, you might get treated one way. Or if you're another particular culture, you might be, might be treated another way. 
But for myself, I find that since I'm part of two, I'm not really treated in any way. I'm, I guess that's special, as in I'm treated in my own way, but I don't really have a particular way that people see me or treat me because it's kind of like, what are you? I, I can't identify. how. To, I don't know how to approach you. I don't know if you're, you're brown. I don't know if you're Asian. I don't know if you're Australian. I don't know how to approach this one. It's kind of like the, the vibe that I get when people come to talk to me, um, just generically. So I don't think there's anything special about it, but just unique, you know? And so do you, like, has there ever been, I guess, an instance where, I guess, either treatment from the Bengali or the Thai community has been adverse in any way, like where they've kind of just gone, oh, we don't really know if the kid's a part of us. Wait, what do you mean by adverse? Like um, not a good thing. Like if they haven't really treated you, you, you kind of feel the otherness, right? Obviously I think you're aware of the otherness because you've got a clash of cultures, a melting pot of cultures, but then has there any been, has there ever been like an explicit example of that I, mean, I wouldn't say there was any adverse situations like nothing bad has ever happened to me because of my of my like mixed culture or anything like that if anything it's kind of I guess at times you might feel a little bit excluded from the conversations like for example um on my Bengali side sometimes uh, what would happen is they might be talking about something that you know they're they're relating on, you know, this is just a brown people thing, super relating. And I'm there like, oh, you know, I get a tube. Like, oh, you know, you probably don't get it, right? Because like your mom's tired and you're just in there like, oh, I, I do get it. Like, but like, I kind of get what you're saying as well. As in, yeah, my mom's tired. So it might be a little bit different, but I still, I'm still like vibing with you on the same level. But it's always like, oh, you're, you're different, right? You're different. And like, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a bad thing. But it's still a situation where you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, they're them, I'm me, you know. So, yeah, not, not a bad thing, but, again, as I said, unique. Okay. That's because the thing is I don't, cause I don't think I can understand that. Like I, I don't think I have the capacity or actually, no, I, I just don't have the experience to do that because I'm fully Indian. Like the, the last <laughs> drop of blood in my body is Indian. Um, and I think – the closest um, I think I could come to even kind of kind of I think conceptualizing what you would go through as someone who's half Thai and half Bengali is me going oh, okay so I'm a Australian Indian Muslim woman which in itself I think I think has me like in three separate blocks of identity but there's no mm-hmm. mixture as such yeah. so okay all right. That's yeah, it, it's it's difficult to say in terms of like as in as I said, I've never been treated like poorly because of my mixed cultures. At times, it's like it's some people actually give me like, oh, you know, you might, your life must be great, you know. You you get like the best of both worlds essentially. You're you're you know you're brown, but you're also like um like kind kind of East Asian or Southeast Asian, so you must get like the best of both worlds, and they kind of at times you get put on, I guess, like a pedestal where it's like, oh, you know, you're, you're one of us, but you, you, get, you get the better end of things because you've got a bit of something else in you. Uh, and that's something that I find is very interesting Which because sometimes it's true, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes you just get, get the bad of both, you know, so that happens. I am guilty of that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have said that to you on 
a couple of occasions. <laughs> what, 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 I don't remember. What'd you say? I think, I think I was like, <sighs> you don't have the full brown experience. I think I have said that too. I think I have. What was that in relation to? Do you remember? God knows. Yeah, but as in, as in like, yeah, it's true. I don't have the full experience, but it doesn't limit the fact that I have had that experience as well. And when someone says like, oh, you know, oh, it's probably really different for you and, and you understand it's all out of curiosity, but sometimes it feels just, oh, you know, like I'm still one of you guys. Like we're still on the same team, you know, I'm not some other person. And uh, sometimes like that creates like this whole little like, all right, where do I really belong? Oh my God, belonging. Drove back to trials in high school for English. But yeah, it's like, where do I? We did discovery. We did discovery in HSC, but trials though. As not trials, it's like year 11 stuff. You mean year 11? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There we go. Um, But as in like, kind of like, where do I belong now? Because if these guys don't really think I'm part of their team and those other guys don't really think I'm part of their team either. So like, where am I? But yeah, it's good fun. Okay, so then I guess I think out of curiosity for me, and like I've always been curious about this, we just never got around to talking about it. What part of your Thai um, culture and your Bengali culture are like similar and what part of them are different? It's like does it cause any sort of like like friction? Um, Yeah, probably. Look, it's hard to say because – like when when you grow up with it, you don't really see what's one, what's the other. And when you're growing up, it kind of like everything overlaps and everything meshes. So for example, like at home, when I eat, when I eat food, right, it might be as in I'll have like a Bengali chicken curry. I might have like dal, which is another Bengali dish. Then I also might have like a chicken stir fry. That's from, that's like based from Thailand, right? So that's my normal. When I say that, I don't think, oh, you know, this is some mixture of cultures. I'm like, this is dinner, right? This is dinner. This is what I eat. And at times, like, you don't, you don't see, see that as any different. But then when you take a step back and kind of look at it, you're like, oh, wait, you know what? This is like I've kind of fused two restaurants here at the dinner table. And you know what? I'm all for it. But that's, that's my reaction every single time you tell me what you have for dinner. You have – and it's bizarre for me because – for me, dinner is dal, chawal, chawal is rice, and some sort of curry. Yeah. And then there's you when you come in and you're like, I had salmon for dinner. I was like, what? Yeah, as in, look, that's what I'm saying. Like, I see it as this, like, seamless, like, interaction between two cultures that that are, that's beautifully married up. But then if you take a step back, there probably is some friction, like, but then also that's just been worked out by my parents. Like, for example, yes, there, there most likely will be some friction in terms of like what my dad likes to eat. He likes mainly Bengali food, right? So there is some friction that, you know, when we, pre- when we prepare meals, maybe a lot of it will be catered more towards my dad and his Bengali taste. But then again, there'll always be some sort of Thai influence there as well in the mix, right? But then in saying that Thai culture and Bengali culture is also very similar in many ways where I think one of the big things is like the, the value of, of family as in my, my parents are very family orientated people. You know, they very much enjoy sitting down at the dinner table as a family and eating meals, you know, making sure that everyone's there. How has your day been? 
And, and that's something that, you know, both cultures value very highly. And I guess, that, like, there's been no, no issue there. But, yeah, look, and, and then, like, a big thing, I guess, for me that, that marries the two cultures together is, is the religion. So, as I said, I'm, I'm Muslim. So, the religion underlies and it acts, I, I, guess, as, I guess, as, like, a foundation to help smooth over um, if there's any, like, discrepancies between cultures, if that kind of makes sense. Okay, so that's pretty interesting. And I guess just like because you said that you've seen, excuse me, um, excuse me. So I guess I guess from that, right, because you're literally, um, you're such a diverse person in itself. I mean, like diversity is one thing. We call someone who comes from a um you know, an ethnically diverse background, we call them diverse, but you're literally like diversity within diversity. Um, and so I guess just from that, um, has there, and, you know, you've, I think you've touched on the point that, you know, they're pretty similar and you enjoy both parts of the culture, but has there any, has there ever been a point where you were kind of like, I really wish I was just like sort of one culture or the other, or I didn't have a mixture of cultures. Um, and if, you did have a um, experience like that. Um, where are you at now in regards to those feelings? Yeah, that was that was a whole long, long winded question. So, yeah, so let's break it down. Because I lost my train of thought because I was trying to hold on a burp. <laughs> let, 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 let's break it down. So, so first question that you asked was, uh, was what? Sorry. <laughs> okay, so I. Said- I was trying to hold in a burp and I lost my train of thoughts. So I kept talking because I thought it'd go away that way. Okay. Anyway, so what I said, so, okay, my curiosity has always been like as, as so, okay, so I'm going to come from my experience and then we can go into yours, right? So as like an Indian Australian Muslim woman, right, there have been times in my life where I've just gone, I really wish I wasn't this one particular part of my identity, right? Yeah, Whether yeah, that yeah. was the Indian or Australian or whatever part it was, like there's, you know, it's happened at times when you're out or you're doing things or you're part of communities and whatnot, right? So my first question to you is that has that particularly ever happened with um, either your Bengali or Thai side? Because Yeah, for sure. For sure, of course. Like, okay, so... So Bengali type, then you've also got to chuck Australian and Muslim in the mix there when I'm answering this question. And like a big part of my life is Scouts, all right? So for, the, for those of you who don't know, Scouts is like this kind of voluntary organization that kind of runs to develop youth leadership and youth, youth um, skills, I guess you can say, survival skills, that type of stuff. Um and that's a big part of my life. I've been doing it right. I'm still doing it right now. So 16 years and counting. And in my area, that's primarily a white thing to do, right? Like white Australian thing to do. In Western Sydney? Um, it, most likely in Western Sydney, but at least for the groups that I have been a part of, it's been primarily white people, right? And, you know, a lot of the times when you're going on things like camps and you're going on things like hikes and that type of stuff, and you kind of have to kind of cater for your needs. So, for example, like first thing is I'm Muslim. They got to cater for halal food on that camp now. And then, and then, as in, especially as a kid when you're growing up and 
it's the same thing as if you've ever been to a camp at school and they call up the dietary requirements first, you know, you've got peanut allergies, you're vegetarian, you're Muslim, you all go first. And I'll be the only one that goes up because I need halal food, right? And, and as a kid, you, you don't really want to be singled out like that. And you don't, you just kind of be on, like, you want to be with your friends, right? And there are times when you're growing up and that happens and you're just like, oh, you know what? Like, I wish I didn't have to eat halal food. I wish I could just eat what everyone else eats, right? Because one part of it is I just don't want to stand out. And another part of it is I just don't want to be a burden. Like, I'm the only one that needs this, right? But then also, like, no one was really mean about it. Everyone was super nice. You'd come back with your food. They'd be like, oh, no. Oh, look, like, you got to go first. Oh, that looks so good. My food looks shit, you know. (laughs) Can I get some of your food, right? So, like, no one was ever mean about it. It's just kind of like a thing that you, you notice yourself where it's like, all right, so this is something that, I have to go through by myself and that's just, it just feels isolating essentially. So that's one part of it, right? The second part of it, so that's me being a Muslim. The next part of it is like me being an Asian, right? Let's just put it as Asian rather than Thai and Bengali, just Asian in a primarily white community for in, in Scouts, for example, right? And I get preface this, like Scouts was amazing for me. No one was ever racist or, or bad towards me because of my culture. This is just the thoughts that I had like as as a kid, right? As in you go there and, and everyone's like of a certain race and you're the odd one out. And sometimes they may not you may not get the same like you feel like they don't understand you from where you're coming from. Right? As in for as in this is just a very blanket statement, but for for me, growing up, I went to tutoring as a kid, right? For for things like for things like like the OC test for selective school tests, I didn't go tutoring for HSC, but you know, shout out to pre uni New College, you know, Strathfield slash Homebush campus. That was my home ground. What really? Yeah, yeah. I oh, always went pre uni Strathfield. No, no, no. Yeah, oh, only for OC mind. and selective. But as in. That's an experience that I have, I, I guess, as like a quote-unquote Asian experience. And a lot, of the pe- a lot of the people in my area didn't do, so, um, in, at least for my scout group, didn't do that tutoring and didn't have that emphasis on trying to get really high academia. So when you told them, oh, you know, I can't come out today because I have tutoring, it becomes this, oh, okay, why do you need to get tutoring? But all right. Again, nobody was rude or mean about it, but it's just kind of like, okay, so I feel isolated again because I can't hang out with my mates because I've got to go do something else, right? You took the most Asian experience and you dissected it for us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. As in very generalized statement, but from, from my experience, that's what it was. It was a very asian dominant area mm. and me having to explain to like my mates at scouts that i've got to take this weekend off because i've got to prepare for the selective school exam they're like okay cool but then for me it just feels shit because i'm like oh crap like i'm the only one that's got to do this but you know and, it is what it is and i guess because i think i'm a bit opposite to you in this um in terms of like halal food I have, like, for me, I thankfully have been quite comfortable with asking for 
my share of halal food and kind of being like, is this halal? Can you cater for halal? And if they can't, that that's okay because not everybody can. But I think, and, and it's really different for me because I don't think I've ever been at a point in my life where I've been like, I'm not going to, like, you know, I feel uncomfortable asking for halal food. But where are you at now with those sort of feelings? So, you know, now you're nearly 22, um, a lot older than you would have been in high school and primary school even. Yeah. Where, where do you sit at with those feelings now? Like, look, now it's just kind of become, because I think initially as a kid, you're just trying to fit in, right? And like, I just wanted to have like what everyone else was eating at the dinner table as well. I just wanted to, I don't want to stand out. I want to be the different guy, right? But then now it's I've kind of learned to be like, you know what? It's all right to be different. It's all right to be your own person and not worry about trying to fit in the crowd. Like just be yourself, be unique, and, and that's all right. That's that's all fine. So for me, I feel like I've become a lot more comfortable embracing that sense of like individuality almost where it's like, all right, so I am Muslim, I need halal food, and that's just what it is, right? It's not a matter of, oh, okay, I'm trying to like hide my my that part of my identity, right? It's just me saying I am me. And this is what I need. But okay. there's also the other side of me that's like, I just don't want to be a burden, you know? So it's, it's not a matter of I don't accept who I am. It's like, I understand who I am, but I don't want to be a pain on other people or the experience, for example. And I guess, so I think that's like really awesome that you've come to terms with it. Um, and I'm really glad that you shared that in a way because I think it gives a different perspective because on this podcast, like you're going to get two perspectives you're gonna get yours and you're gonna get mine and there are just some things that Frakan and I greatly diverge in in terms of experience and I think the Muslim part of our identity is one of them um you know I think it also factors in that you're a man and I'm a woman so even just that part of like being a Muslim man being a Muslim woman they're diversely different experiences um before I move on to the next thing I just want to say, you just said some really fancy words that I have never heard you use in your life. What's you talking about? What fancy words? You said the words individuality. You said the words acceptance. You said. Yeah, sometimes I bring out the three syllable words and I feel fancy, you know? But I'm telling you, three syllable is my limit. I can't do any more than that. All right, because I get shut down all the time from you where you're just like i don't want to hear social social justice right now yeah so for me normally two syllable is like average for words you go beyond that i'm lost i don't i don't don't know what you're saying anymore okay all right but there was a really fancy quote in there i think you said something like be unique be yourself i want to put that on a t-shirt or a mug. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I feel like that's such a that's such a hard thing to come to terms with, especially as a kid, um, when you're growing up. Because I think it's just like uh, there are kids out there who are who are amazing, and they they've got their themselves sorted out. But I feel like I've seen a lot of kids as well who are just trying to you know just you know duck your head down, be part of the crowd, don't don't stand out too much, just you know be part of the herd essentially, and I feel like I was like almost a part of that whole, I guess, movement you can call it because me having so many different parts of my identity, you know, I'm Bengali, I'm Thai, I'm Australian, I'm Muslim. It makes it really hard to find a place of, all right, so where is my herd? 
you know, like who's my people? Like for example, at school, um, I'm not sure how other schools were, but at my high school, like sometimes the groups are broken up into like culture, as in you had like the Indian group, you had I guess like the the East Asian group, you had a white group, you know, and it was broken up culturally, and that's most likely just due to interests and hobbies that that they may share experiences that they may share as well. But for me, um, one Bengali is not even a, that big of a community in comparison to the other South in South uh, Asian groups, like things like India, Sri Lanka, that type of stuff, and. Even smaller than that's like the Thai population here in Western Sydney. I know there's a lot more if you head towards the city or Cabramatta, but in terms of Western Sydney here, it's not that prominent if you compare it to like, let's say, Chinese or Korean, Vietnamese, that type of stuff, right? So I don't really have a group to go to. And a lot of that just comes down to, all right, if I can just blend in with any group, it's better than having no group, Right. So I think that's why, you know, everyone just tries to fit in. And like for me, I felt like I just felt so different and that made it hard for me to fit in. Yeah, no. Um, I think I think it's one of the things we bonded ov- over um, when we first met about um, being nomads in school. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not having like a set friendship group, as they say, because it's so idealized in like Hollywood films and – um, I think just in TV in general, like, you know, you have your bestie friendship group and everybody's wearing like bracelets and you guys like celebrate everybody's 18th birthday together and it's like a whole thing. But um, I think uh, while I can't relate to the multicultural, like the multiculturalism of you as Furkan Chowdhury, I think I can relate to the aspect of not being able to fit in one place or the other because yeah. you have to, because, you know, each group... Um, comes with like a particular set of expectations almost or like a particular set of um, do you have this trait in order for you to be accepted into our group and usually what happens is if you're kind of balancing um, and I think this is across like I think this is across the spectrum um, if you're balancing a number of different identities and I'm assuming your one would have been a bit a lot more harder than mine because I was just balancing holistically like ethically you know, ethnically Indian and then religiously yeah, this yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, culturally that, but you were like balancing two ethnicities and then everything else. Um, but once you're balancing a, mul- a a multitude of identities, you have to start picking and choosing which one you want to be when, d- depending on the circumstances, and it makes you feel like shit. What do you mean by that, picking and choosing? Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like, when I go to Muslim gatherings, um, yeah. and for me necessarily, like the Indian part of me and the Muslim part of me doesn't overlap, um, right? Because a large large population of Indians are um, not Muslims; they're other uh, religious backgrounds. So the Muslims that I do meet are more so largely from other South Asian communities. Like there's a high population of you know, um, excuse me, Bengalis or Pakistanis who are um, Muslims or, you know, the Middle Eastern uh, and African cultures that, that they come from. So I have to tone down my Indianness um, and my Australianness to kind of fit in with within the broader Muslim community. And then if I'm going to my, like, like an Indian function or like an Indian party um, and 
there I have to tone down my Muslim side of who I am. So All right, I th- fair enough. Yeah. So you have to tone down different sides of you to kind of, I think, cater to the audience in front of you. And I think that's different from like reading the room and like getting a vibe of what's going on. I think that's like, like system systematically like annexing a part of yourself because it's not welcome or it doesn't fit into whatever is, you know, whatever situation you've been put into. Oh, that, that, that's interesting that you say that. Like, I don't, I don't say that I would, I'd necessarily do that. I think what you I do most of what you were saying earlier is in I kind of read the room and kind of get get a vibe as in which parts of my personality am I going to hide in here and which parts am I going to dull. I don't think it's necessarily like this, like guillotine of, all right, I'm taking this off here, <laughs> you know. But no, it's really, like, I get what you're saying though because, um, like, for, like, for example, for myself, um, since I am Thai, right, I, I try to, like, I try to, be a bit more Thai when I'm around Thai people, you know, because I kind of want to, I guess it's kind of like I'm trying to impress them as like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what, yeah. like, I'm, like, look at me, I'm one of you guys as well, like, come on, we're on the same team, like, let's do something, right? Like, same thing when I'm with, like, Bengali people, I'm like, my, I want to try up that part, so they're like, you know what, we're on the same team here. But then I think it just, it just comes down to a point where you've just got to understand that you are you, they are them, and it's all right, right? Another quote. I'm yeah. putting that chuck on, it on a t-shirt. <laughs> chuck it on a t-shirt. You are you and they are them and that's all right, you know? And, like, there's nothing wrong. You don't have to try fit in. Like, you don't have to try to convince anyone. Like, it's not your role to convince. It's, it's not a job. It's not a job application. You're not here submitting my resume as in, <laughs> hey, look, let me join the Indian committee. These are all the Bollywood films I've watched. I can lungi dance and I can make your mom a nice roti, right? Like... Like you, you, you ain't gonna, yeah, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you ain't gotta submit a criteria to like be friends with someone, right? Mm, so I think yeah. that's something that you gotta try to like just change up that that perspective and just be like, all right, I am me, they're them, and that's all right. Mm, I guess so. I guess that's one part of it. And I think one other thing, um, relating it back to Western Sydney, is so you went to university. Um, up in the, I'm not going to say North Shore, but I'm going to say you were kind of nearly at North Shore if you took a couple of more steps. I was in the city, essentially, yeah. You were in the city, but you weren't too far from the North Shore because the demographic yeah. that you studied would, was a, mainly from the North Shore, from what I've understood. Yeah. So I guess, obviously, there's the Australian part of your identity, but when you Australian and then you sub-Australian into Western Sydney, I guess, how did that play into I mean you're already like this mixture of cultures Muslim but you're Thai Bengali but how did the Western Sydney aspect of you perhaps translate into your experience of you know hospital placements of um oh yeah like like it's, it's interesting you say that you're Australian but as you said like Australian is different like different types of Australian I guess you could say right and the the North Shore type of Australian, I'm like this is no shade, no shade at all. <laughs> right? There's no shade. Like yeah, it's different, right? And I think that's just like something that's super cool about living, not even just Western Sydney, just in Sydney in general, that you can go to like these different regional areas and you have these different, I guess, things. And like for example, like the north, the northern beaches, you have got the beach, the beach goers in the morning, the six a.m. rises, go see a sunrise, get an acai bowl, walk on the beach, like. <laughs> You know, you got those type of people, right? 
and like that's that's there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different it's a different type of person, right? And like the the language that we use, like for example, um, I was talking to a couple of my mates from uni, and do you remember the word SK? Like you're such an SK. Yeah, yeah. Right, like I, you know, throughout high school, I high thought it's the most common thing. Oh, you're such an SK. Uh, we're talking about it in uni, like, oh, guys, do you remember SK? And they were like, what's an SK? And me and my mates from West City were just like, you guys don't know SK? Oh, SK. Like, I'm not going to try and keep this uh, podcast PG, so we're not going to actually say the whole word. But uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, as in we've got our own slang, we've got our own language that I guess is different to, to people from other parts of Sydney. And I think, there's, I think that's it's super cool, if anything. It's kind of like regional dialects, almost. <laughs> regional dialects. Did right? you say? Did you just use SK and regional dialect in the same sentence? Look, maybe, maybe it's a stretch, but I'll oh put my it god! Out now there. you're gonna say, you're gonna say SK's is a regional dialect as well. I am so no, mortified. No, no. SK's is an international word. Like everyone understands SK. <laughs> okay, that's okay. That's pretty awesome because I think. So I just told me like identity crisis and essays though. I think when I was super young, a, a small part of me wanted to be an essay. We're going to skip over this comment. Um, I'll be so. for real. When I was super young, there were some essays in my primary school and I was like, you know what? This is what I want to become. <laughs> Never happened. But I just no put comment. it out there. <laughs> I have no comment. And now I will talk. I will proceed to ignore that comment and talk about... And I will talk about, um, yeah, but I, because what you said about like Western Sydney um, and then kids who go to West, like go to perhaps, um, you know, universities that are closer in the city and or perhaps cater to a certain demographic. The university that I go to definitely caters to a certain demographic because you can see it when you walk on its campus. It's very obvious. It's very clear. Um, And People have some very interesting ways. I mean, like Western Sydney is a it's a geographical location, yeah. right? But it's interesting how Western Sydney has also. I mean, the very purpose of this podcast is like you know look at the Western Sydney identity, but it's it's really interesting to see that Western Sydney has become an identity, um, especially when you go to like uni- university and stuff. How it's just so crazily different, like. I have, I, you know, I have a friend who used to live like around Cronulla and stuff, yeah. um, Miranda Bondi, and her, like her experience, because now she lives out west as well, but, you know, growing up in high school, she was there and now she's in Western Sydney and she was like, you know, by like evening, everybody's kind of like mellowed out. If anything, if you're looking for a party, you might go to like the wharf and stuff and they'll have like the their beers near the beach and stuff. Whereas when she moved here, she was kind of like, why are there people revving their engines at 12 a.m. in the morning? That's where it's at though. If you hear the rev, you know it's a good party. <laughs> and, and it was just really crazy because people actually have um, – very specific associations with Western Sydney, like not only yeah. demographically and geographically, but also like as an identity. And I yeah, think that course. actually carries through when you come in and then, um, you know, you add in your own mixture of like Indian culture, this culture, that culture with your Western Sydney identity. I think it makes yeah, you- That's why when I, when I talk about my own culture, like, like just saying Australian is so broad, right? Mm-hmm. Specifically saying I'm from Western Sydney, that's just a whole nother layer of, 
of who you are. And I think that just makes it like a super fun little puzzle to play, you know. You've got Western Sydney, or Australian, then you've got Western Sydney and this and that. It's like a little, like a little, like a wedding cake, like a tiered cake. So I think that's that's super fun and super um, Did enjoyable. Did you just call people's identity a tiered wedding cake? Yeah, that's what it is. Oh you cut gosh. through it and you can see all the layers. Yeah. But look, I've talked. I think I've talked a lot of smack about like, I guess being like a um, half year or anything. But in all honesty, it's great. Like I think it's super cool. You know, um, I get to experience like just at home. I get to experience two cultures. And I get to see two sides of things and I get to see, you know, what is, what's it like to be a Thai person? What's it like to be a Bengali person? Like from it, I should be trilingual. Like, look, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> I, I should honestly be trilingual, but like, I can speak Thai fluently. I can kind of speak English fluently. Uh, but like no. Bengali, I might kind of understand every like third word or something like that i might get the gist of a sentence but i don't don't really understand it fully i can't really speak it either you know but yes you're as bad as i am at understanding bengali then and i don't even speak bengali yeah that's what i say i should be trilingual but i'm actually only bilingual kind of sad but that's all right um but yeah like it's super fun because you get to see like like i get to try new things as well like for example like i'll try and make a curry and see what happens i'll chuck some soy sauce in there will oh i make it better oh my god no we're not doing this again right it's like how fusion food started i reckon like babies like me half years were like the reason fusion food even started right i will That's give what you I'm that saying. statement i will give you that statement that perhaps f- like half your babies are the reason fusion food started but let's get one thing straight i'm going to put on the record and people who agree with me which i think is the entire south asian community that soy sauce does not belong in biryani if you ever tell me that again no it- i'm just saying experiment you know no, just no. putting it out there no. experiment with your food if it tastes bad just finish it up and oh you, you know that that combination doesn't taste good. Okay, it's set in stone. Briani has never used soy sauce. We're not going to start anytime soon. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you get to try new things and you get to see new perspectives that you possibly couldn't see. And yes, you might have a little identity crisis as in like, where do I really belong? Right? Because I, I'm, I'm not really one thing. I'm not really the other thing. But it just comes down to, you know, you're you. You're not anyone else. You're not a particular culture. You're just who you are. So just take it and run with it. Again, profound Fugue has spoken. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I think that's all that we have time for today, though. Mm-hmm. Look, if you guys want to know anything more, just, you know, send me a DM. Or if any of my half your kids out there, you know, just let us know. What's your mix? Do you have any interesting mixes as well? Because I think Thai Bengal is a pretty unique one. Oh, yeah. Every single person... I have introduced you to has been like what how did your dad jump from Bangladesh all the way to Thailand what yeah kind of missed a couple of countries in between I've had someone say that so yeah yeah so like let us know like what your mixes are you know and if you have any other questions just let me know I'm always down to chat about identity and, and culture and stuff like that so that's all that's all from us today guys um thank you for Khan for being such a wonderful test subject and we will see you next time with new content and stay safe uh 
stay smart on the streets and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Take it easy. Bye-bye.